Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Hello, and welcome back to the CLT offices. We're glad you're here. Today, we're joined by Pat Wesolowski, homeschool specialist at Bryan College. If this is your first time listening to us, I'd like to take a little bit of time to explain what Anchored is. This is a podcast where our CEO, Jeremy Tate, engages in conversations with leading thinkers on issues at the intersection of education and culture. We appreciate your feedback, so please rate and review this episode and send any questions or comments to anchored at cltexam.com. For more information on CLT's mission and details about upcoming test dates, head to www.cltexam.com slash get started. Now, without any further ado, let's get on with the conversation. Welcome back to the Anchor Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. Uh, today, we have one of my dear friends and one of my favorite people in the world of college admissions. We have Pat Wislowski, who is the homeschool admissions counselor at Bryan College. Pat, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Pat, at one time, CLT gave you an award that we just totally made up of uh, honorary CLT grandmother. Uh, as uh, You've been just a cheerleader and a diehard for what we're doing here at CLT from day one, which I know when day one was, I believe it was the 2016 Heave Conference uh, when we met you, probably June of 2016. And you mm-hmm. uh, got a sense of what we were doing, challenging the college board, ACT, and right away you said, sign me up. I love this. I'm going to get behind it. So Pat, That's very true. grateful to you. Um, I would love to, uh, we're going to talk homeschooling today. We're going to talk Brian College today. I'd love to start off, though, as we have been on the Anchor podcast uh, and learn a bit about your own education growing up. Uh, what was that like? So my father taught at FSU in Tallahassee, and there was a school that most of the faculty students went to. It's called Florida High, Florida Research Development School. There was some longer name. We called it Florida High. So I went there from K to 11. I didn't go there 12 because I skipped the 12th grade year. Um, We didn't have dual enrollment back then, but they told us in 11th grade, if we finished our 12th grade year at college and got a C or better, we'd get both our high school diploma and college credit. So skip the 12th grade. Um, It was called a research and development school. And I used to joke that the research was, let's not teach them anything and see how well they do in college. (laughs) Um, It was kind of crazy. My husband was shocked (laughs) when we dated how little I knew about so many basic things like the solar system. Um, We went to Bible college next to a town that had the streets in order of presidents and when they served. And the only one I knew was George Washington because he was the first. So I knew very, very little. Uh, What I did know how to do is work the system. So I knew how to study and spit out and get good grades. So I was a a good student. I got good grades, didn't have a love of learning at all. Um, Didn't even learn to love reading until I became a homeschool mom, which is kind of sad. Uh, That's when I when I learned to love learning. Um, So I, I got through school, did okay, went on to college, did okay there as well. And Pat, you are a mother of nine uh, kiddos and a grandmother of how many now? Next month, I'll have my 20th. 20th next one. That's amazing. Uh, So much life. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, So did you know, like first pregnancy, that you were going to be a homeschooling family? How did this happen? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, 
when my husband and I got married, we were brand new Christians. He had led us to the Lord and we, he had led me to the Lord. We both wanted a big family. So we knew that. Um, and we actually went to church in Florida with a gal whose husband wrote the homeschooling law. He was an attorney. They were homeschooling before it was legal. I would joke with my sister-in-law about how strange these homeschoolers were, that they got their kids old <laughs> enough to go to school and they kept them yeah. at home. Uh, found that later. The joke was on me because it made so much more sense to keep that five-year-old at home because she could be very helpful and I wouldn't have to go get in the car twice a day to take her and pick her up. Um, but I was at church one day with this um, friend. And, and just to be polite, I said, it was a fellowship dinner or something. I said, so why do you homeschool? And half an hour later, and Raymond Moore, handprints in my hand, um, my heart was pricked. And I went home, I talked to my husband, he felt the same way. We only had three kids at the time, they were five, three and one. My dad, who taught at FSU was kind of horrified and said, how, how are you going to do this? You're not a teacher. I said, well, I, you know, went to college, I'm sure we can at least get through third grade. We're, we're going to aim for that just to appease him. Um, mm -hmm. Did it all the way through, would definitely do it again, would definitely make some changes. Um, but today, of my nine kids, eight are married. The youngest is in Uganda right now. They are close wow. as close can be. They fight over who gets to hold the new niece and nephew. And um, <laughs> yeah. when there's a family emergency, they are there. I, my daughter was in a near fatal wreck. And within 24 hours, wow. seven of her eight siblings were at the hospital states away from where they lived. So, um, so, so many good things came out of homeschooling. Wow. So Pat, you said there are, there are things you would do different. Uh, you know, we've got some listeners to the anchored podcast that are our new young homeschooling families. What would your advice be as they set out on this journey? Um, you know, I have a blog. It's patweso.com, W-E-S-O, because people can't say Wesolowski. So I have articles on choosing courses for college, on risk with dual enrollment, on um, test taking. Two of my big regrets. One is that I didn't get, I didn't get my students involved in speech and debate until my fifth was in high school. So four were already out of high school. Mm. I think speech and debate is uh, my kids did speech because we had co-ops and they had to speak in public every week. So they grew up not being afraid of public speaking, which is great because we talk every day of our lives. So why not hone that skill? So we had honed that skill, but we hadn't done debate. And when I realized there's there's two Christian debate leagues, NCFCA and, S and STOA, STOA.com. USA. When I realized what they learned in debate, because they learned how to follow an argument, how to argue both sides of an argument, not ones with moral dilemmas like abortion. Um, they learned how to spot, spot false logic. They learned how not to use yeah. false logic. It prepared them for life, for life as an employee, as an employer, as a spouse. I mean, it was such good training. The other regret I have has to do with testing. So mm. I have never been a fan of the ACT and SAT. I didn't have to take it because I skipped 12th grade. So I just kept going to college. Um, but I never thought they were good indicators of how well a student would do in college. I still believe that three of my nine were straight A college students and scored fairly average, if not low, on the ACT. They scored enough to get the scholarships we needed. Um, but with my older ones, I said, don't worry about these tests. Your portfolios are going to blow away these colleges. They're going to want you. Yeah. Because my kids did a lot of things during high school outside the box. They were well prepared. Uh, and I was right. The colleges wanted them. 
but they didn't want to give them any money, not without a high test score. So as a consequence, one of my sons couldn't get into the college he really wanted to go to because it just wasn't affordable. And it was too late to get that test score up. So after that, I realized, okay, I don't like the hoop. We have to jump through it. So I'll start preparing my students to get the scores they need on the test to make college affordable. Um, Then I met you. Heard about the CLT, loved, loved, loved that there was a third option. So many things about it I liked. I liked that it was online and not filling out bubbles on a form. I liked that the students were never put in a moral dilemma because on the ACT and SAT, they could even be asked a question about evolution. And in their minds, they think, well, I know what answer they want me to put. It's not what I believe, but I paid for the test. I want the score. Not so with the CLT, because as I understand it, if you have a question on evolution, you preface it with something like, according to a Darwinian evolutionist. Yeah. And then they know the answer that you're looking for. Um, So there were there were just a lot of things. The ACT and SAT really is more about learning to take those tests, uh, the tricks of the Mm -hmm. test, uh, how to get through questions in 30 seconds at the CLT. It's not like that at all. Um, And I know you have shared multiple times the differences, and I love that. So when I heard about the CLT, when I first started working at Bryan College, I actually said, can we become test optional? Mm, And they said, no, even if we were, we would use a test score. So then when I met you and went back, I said, hey, can we add the CLT? Um, And they met you and they jumped on board and we've been on board ever since. Since COVID, we've been test optional. But I hear we're probably going back to requiring a test score. So I'm really happy that we still accept and encourage the CLT. Pat, I'm wondering if you can actually offer some insight into this question. You know, CLT, we, we meet with colleges on multiple times per day. And uh, we, I've been trying to kind of pick, pick some brains of some thoughtful people about the future of standardized testing, of admissions testing. Um, and there seems to be a, actually a tension between the homeschool movement, the, the mushrooming, blowing up homeschool movement and uh, the test optional movement is that a lot of colleges are saying, okay, especially for our homeschool population, we do need some kind of an external metric to give us a good sense for where these students are at academically. Uh, What do you predict? What are you seeing? What do you think is going to be the future of admissions testing? Good question. First of all, I think they're very silly to say that, but I hear it all the time in my department. All homeschoolers get 4.0s and everybody laughs. And and it's true that a lot of homeschoolers get 4.0, but I would argue that those students probably deserve a 4.0. I haven't checked this year's graduation honors um, awards. I need to. But last year I did check. And out of 60 honor awards of the ones I could identify, which we can't always identify the homeschool students if they're under an umbrella of a Christian school, of the ones I could identify, 40 of the 60 awards went to homeschool students. That's two. Wow. We don't okay. have two thirds population of homeschoolers on Bryan College. We maybe have a third, probably less. Hmm. Um, they shine brightly. And the college created my position because the homeschool students do so well in college. They think, they ask questions, they question answers. Um, they're just not your run of the mill, chew it up, spit it out students. So colleges are afraid, however, to accept um, a GPA just from a homeschooling mom, which is why some encourage dual enrollment, because if they take dual enrollment classes and they have a GPA from taking college classes, they're going to accept those. In fact, a year ago, the law changed in Tennessee to work before that, a homeschooler could only earn the hope by getting a 21 on the ACT. We had a freshman that year who had earned his AA in high school with a three point something, earned it and couldn't get the 21. Yeah. 
So he lost $20,000. He didn't have the hope. Um, Now they've changed it where if a student has two three-hour college-level courses and they earn a 3.0 in both, so cumulative 3.0, they can earn the hope. So that's great. Um, Unfortunately, in Tennessee, several grants and with our um, athletic conference, they're tied to an ACT or SAT Mm. score. Our education department's open to accepting the CLT, but the lobbyists of ACT and SAT have big bucks, and that may never, ever happen. Um, But our college still accepts it, and and I love that we do that. So students who maybe have blown their ninth and 10th grade year, maybe even blown their whole high school and they don't have GPAs, um, the tests are a redeeming option for them. They can come back, take these tests, um, prove that, that they're worth a higher merit scholarship. So um, that's one of the benefits of having that option. Pat, let's talk about this homeschooling ob- uh, objection uh, that they will miss out on socialization. Oh, God. Uh, I, I think of two of the most uh, social people I know, Taryn Murphy, who is the director of digital marketing here at C- CLT, who is the Hillsdale 2021 uh, Outstanding Woman of the Year, uh, Gregarious, the life of the party. I think of Alec Bianco who worked here for years and now is at the Circe Institute. They were both homeschooled K through 12. Um, It's, it's wild to me that people still make this objection. How do you respond to that? It is so wild because first of all, how do they think having 20 something students of the same age in a classroom with one adult all day long teaches anything socially? How do they think that? And number two, that's not what school is for. Anyway, um, on campus at Bryan, when I go to a talent show, when I look at the student government, when I look at our debate team, when I look at the kids who are making a difference in ministry, they're the homeschool kids. They're the leaders. Mm. Um, I, I laughed when I was homeschooling my nine because my kids were all over the place. They were in gymnastics. They were in ballet. They were in sports. They went on mission trips. Um, we did speech and debate. I took them for an eight day conference in Louisiana. We went to worldview conferences. We went to debates. Uh, My kids had so many opportunities. They worked at camps. They were campers till they were 12. Then they became workers at camp. They had so many varied opportunities. They were in band. I mean, you name it, there's something out there for a homeschool student. Um, So that argument is just ridiculous on so many levels. I remember one time hearing a podcast (laughs) with Jeb Bush, who was the governor of Florida at a time at the time yeah. and he's talking about meeting little kids in his office. And, and this was, I was in Tennessee listening to this radio interview. And he said, you know, when public school kids come to my office, I I'm a tall guy. I'm kind of intimidating. They don't usually look me in the eye. They just kind of look down. But when these homeschoolers come, he said, they reach out their hand. They look me in the eye. They ask me questions. He said, they're just different. So yeah, they are different. And we are labeled as being different and people joke about spotting the homeschoolers and it's true, but I think it's a very positive thing for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Uh, Well, Pat, tell us about Bryan College. You love, love, love Bryan College. You love where you work. Um, And it's a great, it is a great fit for homeschool students in particular. Uh, It's a, it's, it's been a happy home for many, many uh, previous CLT test takers as well. Uh, Tell us about Bryan College and, and why families should put it on the list to explore. Yeah, I love it on so many levels. Our oldest daughter, Um, came to Bryan in 1998. We lived in Florida. 
we actually moved up there so she could live at home and we could make it more affordable. Plus, I had never lived outside of Florida, so I wanted to live in the foothills of the Smokies. Um, and I love I love small town living and I love Bryan College. We're small. We have under a thousand students on campus, but it is a tight knit community. Our current president is a homeschool dad. Um, our vice presidents are homeschool dads. Many of our faculty and staff homeschool. Two of our PhDs were homeschooled themselves and we have a homeschool scholarship. So it's a great place for homeschool students to go. Number one. Number two. We really are a Christian college. That's what people will ask. You're Christian in name. Are you really? Our motto is Christ above all. Um, and we live that out. So we're non-denominational. We have chapel three times a week. We bring in different um, speakers and have different themes. And sometimes it's just the word and worship. The faculty and staff have to sign a statement of belief. Students don't. We do have unsaved kids on campus. That's okay. That's the ministry. Um, students have to sign a code of conduct. Uh, so we do um, expect them to learn, live up to certain expectations. For a small Christian college, we're very affordable. Our tuition is only 17000 a year around there. I don't know if it's gone up recently. It's close to that. Um, and we have some great uh, majors. We have engineering and we're adding nursing this fall. So we're probably one of the most affordable Christian colleges with engineering. And then we have excellent scholarships that stack. So our athletic scholarships do stack with our merit. That doesn't always happen at, at every college. We accept the ACT. What are they? SAT, ACT, and CLT. And we will give a student right now being test optional. They can get a scholarship based on either their GPA or their test score, whichever is higher. Um, so there, there are just so many good things about Bryan College. We put an emphasis on missions. Um, we have a new major that's bivocational. So kids who want to go into the ministry, but no, they're probably going to have to live a, um, earn a, make a, earn, live, earn a living. Sorry, couldn't get that out there. Um, <laughs> So they can major in Bible and nursing or Bible and music. Uh, and, and we have extra scholarship money for that. We also have extra scholarship money for theology majors. So there's a lot of different opportunities for students to make college affordable. We host a scholarship event each semester. This is pretty unique. Students with a 3.0 um, or a certain test score, which I don't know what it will be this year, are invited. It's a free event. They can come with their parents. They have an interview with faculty and each student who participates gets another last year it was one to two thousand dollars also in november there's a um essay contest students don't know what they're writing about till they get there they have two hours to handwrite an essay and one winner gets four years tuition two out of the last three were homeschool students i haven't looked further back than that but i need to do that too so great opportunity and then if they live in tennessee Oh, my goodness. Um, apparently, during COVID, a lot of people played the lottery and the government was awash in money. Yeah. <laughs> so they just passed new legislation. They increased yeah. our DE amounts for dual enrollment. They increased our HOPE amount. The hope that kids get over 20000 over the course of four years if they're Tennessee right. students. So, so many advantages. We also have a summer camp for ninth to 12th graders. So they can come live on campus for a week. They choose a uh, academic track. Um, the focus of the campus to build their relationship with the Lord, but they get to meet mm. faculty, staff, know more about the campus, be familiar with it, potentially meet a future roommate um, or help them decide a major. But we have one boy who's returning this year for his third year. Um, and he was going to be a senior next year, but he's decided to graduate early. He's going to come to fall to Brian in the fall as an engineering major. So we just have a lot of great opportunities. And a beautiful is, is, campus. 
And is that for college credit, that high school program? One hour of college credit. So they do get that. And we're, we're regionally accredited with SACS, which is the best accreditation yeah. that would transfer to almost any college. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then Brian, in terms of, of majors at Brian College, uh, nursing, you're, you're introducing nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are the top two or three most popular majors right now? In the past few years, it's been business. This last year, it was education. So if we have um, students who want licensure, want to teach, we have a great program for that. In fact, I love that during their senior year, instead of teaching their last semester, they teach their first semester, then they're back on campus with all their friends before graduation. Um, So education, business, exercise, health, science, which another thing that's neat about Brian, we have a physical therapy place right on campus, um, privately owned, but operates on the campus, which is great for the students who plan to go into OT or PT afterwards. Um, It's also great for people like me who keep having surgeries and need to have PT. It's right there on campus. So exercise, health, science, I think um, psychology may be one of our top psychology, education, business, um, and exercise health science. We have a lot of options for music. Um, we, we just have a lot of choices. And same thing with athletics. So we don't have football, but we have most of the other major sports, but we also have golfing, shooting, and fishing. Um, and we have scholarships for that. I, I, I've heard about that fishing team. It, it's pretty uh, competitive. <laughs> it is. We've won nationals twice. And at first I laughed and then I got in the elevator with the coach and I said, how many collegiate fishing teams are there thinking like they'd be 30? There's over 300. So we've hosted here in our town. We've had a high school event with over 300 high school teams participating. In fact, one that was in the top top 12 that blew my mind away was Las Vegas. How can they have a top fishing team in Las Vegas? But they did. Um, And we've hosted collegiate fishing tournaments here. We're a big fishing community and there've been over 300 entries in those in those um, competitions. Well, Pat, I, I've been on campus uh, at least twice, and, and it really is. Uh, it's a really tight-knit community. It's, it's a beautiful area uh, as well in Tennessee. And I'm sure uh, big families listening to the Anchor podcast are very grateful for the price point at Bryan College that you are keeping keeping tuition affordable. Uh, Pat, we always end the Anchor podcast talking about the book uh, that has been most formative or the book that our, our guests would most recommend. Uh, what would that be for you? So when I was first talked to by my friend about homeschooling. She put reprints in my hand from a Dr. Raymond Moore. He has since passed. Um, And I got one of his books called Better Late Than Early. And that was life-changing for me because he said, you know, uh, reading is like toilet training. Kids aren't ready to read just because they turn a certain age and you can actually damage their eyes by putting them in front of boards too early. Um, In fact, a lot of the vision problems kids have may stem from that. At the time, my oldest two girls had read at age four. So my next three were boys. I was expecting them to read um, that quickly, and they did not. And I kind of pushed the first two (laughs) and kind of pushed them right away from ever having a love of reading. So by the fifth, when I read that book, I just, I I became very relaxed. In fact, my mentor was very relaxed. Mm. She said, you don't need curriculum to middle school or high school. Don't worry about that. Just read aloud, go outside, play in nature, play games, teach them to love the Lord. Um, And that, that was great advice. So that book better late than early. Um, Another one that impacted me a lot was homeschooling for excellence. That was written by the Colfaxes. They were Harvard teachers. Um, and they both resigned their jobs to move to a mountain to homeschool their boys. And their mm. third boy 
wasn't reading and did not read till he was 12. But by the time he did read, he was reading like college level. Um, so their testimony of, of how important it was to them to create a love of learning, yeah. um, not just give them information they're going to spit back out, uh, to create a close family bond. And mm. most importantly, and I think this is where we did well, because all of my children are entrepreneurs and they're all quite successful. Um, you can add all these extra subjects in, in high school that the traditional schools can't add in. So we had biblical worldview. We had debate. We had logic. We had current events. We had entrepreneurship. Um, we had vocations and careers. So we taught our children a lot about a lot of different things so that when they finished high school, um, and the most important thing we taught them was how to find the information they needed when they needed it, because then I didn't have to worry about anything I might have forgotten to teach them because um, I knew mm. they could find it. So, so many of my boys, I've heard them answer a phone call. Um, they all own their own business. They'd agree to do something. They'd hang up. I'd say, what'd you agree to do? They'd tell me, I'll say, have you ever done that before? And they go, nope, but we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> and they do. Yes. So that's that's been really great. Love that. Uh, Pat, it is a delight to talk to you. We're grateful to you uh, just for your support of CLT and what we're doing uh, over the years. And I'm eager to get back on campus as well at Bryan College. And uh, if you're yes. listening to this, definitely uh, come and explore. Uh, Pat, is there a good weekend you'd recommend for our audience if they're able to, to make the trip and visit Bryan College? Yes. Well, we would love that. On our website page at the top, there's a um, little button that says visit and you can pick your own time. But Labor Day is a preview day. That's the day everybody's invited. And in the morning, there are classes, so you can attend classes. Then we have a picnic on campus with everybody. And then the faculty and staff mingle throughout the afternoon. So that's a good visit day. But on September 26th, we're going to have a homeschool visit day. And if it all works out, and so far it looks like it will, we're going to be able to take the students to the courthouse in Dayton where the Scopes trial took place and actually sit in the seats and watch it. No so oh, wow. hoping to have the right. Scopes trial reenactment as part of the homeschool day in September. <laughs> um, our scholarship event for seniors is the second week yeah. in November. So if parents of rising seniors are listening, go ahead and apply. It's free. We waive the fee and there's no commitment, but you'll get in the system. I'll be your counselor and you can be invited to that scholarship event. So we would love to have everyone come visit. Love it. Pat, uh, we we all love you here at CLT. We're grateful uh, to you and to Bryan College uh, and our partnership. Uh, again, we're here with Pat Wisolowski, Homeschool Admissions Counselor at Bryan College. Pat, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. You have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchored. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.